Good morning, Sunrise. Good morning, good morning. I know there's a few people still making their way to their seats. Um, thank you so much for being uh, here with us this morning. I know it looks like the sun uh, is starting to peek out outside, which is great, but I know it's still cold. Uh, so I'm glad that you are uh, safe and warm with us here. Uh, why don't you guys get on your feet? We're going to start out this morning uh, with a little bit of worship. Weapon that silences the enemy. Let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it rise. Let praise arise. We sing your name in the dark and it changes everything. We sing with all we are and we claim your victory. Let it rise, let praise arise We'll see you break down every wall We'll watch the giants fall And fear cannot survive when we praise you The God of breakthroughs on our side Forever lift him high with all creation cry, God, we praise you. Oh, 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 oh. we praise you. Oh, 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 oh. Let faith be the song that overcomes the raging sea. Let faith be the song that calms the storm inside of me. Let it rise. Break down every wall We'll watch the giants fall And fear cannot survive when we praise you The God of breakthroughs on our side Forever lift him high With all creation cry, God, we praise you Oh, we praise you what freedom feels like this is what heaven sounds like we praise you we praise you this is what living looks like this is what freedom feels like this is what heaven sounds like we praise you we praise you this is what living looks like this is what freedom feels like this is what heaven sounds like We praise you, we praise you This is what living looks like This is what freedom feels like This is what heaven sounds like We praise you, we praise We'll see you break down every wall We'll watch the giants fall And fear cannot survive when we praise you the God of breakthroughs on our side Forever lift Him high With all creation cry, God, we praise You We'll see You break down every wall We'll watch the giants fall Fear cannot survive when we praise You The breakthroughs on our side Forever lift Him high with all creation cry, God, we praise you. Oh, 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 oh. we praise you. Oh, 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 oh. we praise you. Oh, 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 oh. we praise you.
isn't grace when the heart is under fire Another way when the walls are closing in And when I look at the space between Where I used to be and this reckoning I know I will never be alone There was another in the fire Standing next to me There was another in the waters Holding back the sea Should I ever need reminding Of how I've been set free There is a cross that bears the burden Where another died for me There is another in the fire Dead left for dead beneath the water I'm no longer a slave to my sin anymore Should I fall in the space between What remains of me and this reckoning Either way I won't bow to the things of this world I know I will never be alone There's another in the fire Standing next to me There is another in the waters Holding back the seas Should I ever need reminding The power sets me free There is a grave that holds nobody now that power lives in me There is another in the fire
sees What should I ever need reminding Could you be too late I'm the joy of every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be God, you are good. Uh, We thank you for the blessing uh, of another day. Uh, We thank you for the blessing of the impending spring uh, and the cycle of seasons uh, that you've bestowed upon this earth. Uh, We thank you for bringing everyone here safely today. Uh, We thank you for this sanctuary that you've provided uh, for us to come and be with you. Uh, Bless this time. Uh, Bless our ears. Bless our voices. It's all for you. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning, Sunrise. Nice, energetic group. Thank you. And good morning, Transformers. Do you feel like a Transformer? God's fingers for love and grace in the world around you. So, I want to say thanks to the worship team. That's just a really cool way to start a worship service with that great music, great vocals, great songs. Thanks, Dan Dupuis, for helping to pull that together as well. My name is Byron, just one of the partner gals around here, so uh, glad to be here. We're glad you're here. If today happens to be one of your first Sundays with us, we'd like to connect. And one of the best ways for us to connect is in person, and so there'll be people out in the lobby at our connection desk out in the lobby that can help with that. We also have QR codes on the back of the seats, and well, look, there's one up there. So, so you can scan that QR code, that'll connect it to a quick little form to give us some vitals on you, and we'll stay connected. So, Noah, are you ready for pub theology? Yes, sir. All right, pub theology. <laughs> Tuesday night, Hudsonville Grill, and uh, we're going to have a great time. It's welcome to all men and women who wish they were men, uh, I think. We wouldn't, you know... <laughs> It's a weird age we live in. I'm sorry. <clears throat> my, 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 my mind runs away with my mouth sometimes. Or maybe it's the other way around. Okay, so then coming up, um, Good Friday service on Friday night, April 15. That's the Friday night before Easter, 6.30 here, family friendly. We hope you can come and join us. And then um, Easter egg hunt. And... Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to find eggs or candy, or maybe eggs with candy inside them. But uh, anyway, Easter egg hunt for the kids on Easter Sunday, right after the service, right outside. And I just want to throw one out for our friends, the Cotmans. She's still doing play dates on Fridays. And uh, in this handy little handout, which is in the foyer on the table between the doors, all of the stuff I just told you is right here, because I know you're not going to remember Okay? I know you're not. There will be no quiz, so make sure you grab one of these if you don't have one already. All right, let's go. Thank you. We're not dismissing the kids today, are we? That's what I was banking on that. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Well, good morning. (laughs) We're going to just do things a little bit differently this morning, huh? (laughs) Oh, man. So for those of you who are on spring break... Um, you're going to be astounded to know that it's 75 degrees here today. No, come on. Ah, Now you know the truth, it's not 75 degrees here today. Uh, We did do a little bit of homework yesterday in our house, just checking temperatures at different places, and it was the same temperature here yesterday as it was in Anchorage, Alaska, which was just delicious. Um, And it was, what was it? We looked at... uh, we asked Siri what the temperature was in Hell, Hell, Michigan. There is a place. And it was actually, I don't remember if it was cool or warmer. It was close. It was a toss-up. What are you going to add to the mix? Um, Alaska was actually 46 degrees in Alaska? Or 34? One of the two. 
but it was dangerously similar to what it was here, and we did not feel comfortable with that. Anyway, uh, welcome this morning to Sunrise. It's great to see you. I am sorry that I'm a little bit tardy. Um, my name is Dan Fisher, and um, whether you're here for the first time, you've been here for a while, you're online or in the room, we're glad that you're here this morning. We are walking through a season called Lent. Uh, this season is a gift that the church has given itself to help us reflectively walk through the period between 40 days before Easter and the celebration of Easter. And so we have been walking with the church, stepping into the long flowing river of spiritual heritage, joining that journey together with millions of people around the world, both presently and in the past. And so during this time, we've asked ourselves a variety of questions, and this morning I want to ask us a question to kind of help hopefully set us up. And here it is. On a scale of one to five, one being couldn't be any worse, five being I feel like I'm dancing with unicorns on rainbows. What number would you pick for your current level of peace? One to five. You don't have to say that number out loud. You can if you want to, but certainly don't need to. What is your current number when you would say, here's my number for peace, one to five? Let's use the same scale. Where would you put your finger, which number would you put your finger on if you were to identify a number for your current level of chaos? One to five, one being it couldn't be any worse, five being you're dancing with unicorns on rainbows, I think is what I said. I don't know how often we think about those kinds of things, right? And yet we come together as a group of people who follow a Jesus who comes promising to bring us what? Peace. He comes offering peace in a world where there seems to be at times not much peace. We do everything we can to try to latch on to this idea of peace, find the things that we think will bring it, right? Whether it's a job that pays more money or offers better benefits, or a procedure that we think will solve this problem, or actually will solve a problem like a broken back. And yet oftentimes the things that we latch onto that we think will bring us peace don't actually bring us peace, and they leave us feeling bitter. And this is the journey that all of us, if we are paying attention, walk throughout life. Our hands reach for things that we think will bring us a level of peace or security or wholeness, And we reach for things that instead bring bitterness. And it is during this season of Lent that we're invited to open up our hands and let go of those things that we think will bring us peace and wholeness and to instead latch on to the things that actually do and bring us sweetness. That's the contrast of this Lenten season. It's the contrast of the book that we're using to help put this series together by Tish Oxenreiter called Bitter and Sweet. I know that we are almost done with the season of Lent, but if you've been thinking about purchasing this book and you haven't yet, I would still think it would be incredibly valuable for you to pursue it because the things that we do as spiritual practices during the season of Lent are still applicable to us outside of Lent. We're going to be looking this morning at Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. Short couple of verses there, but there's a lot packed into it that I think are incredibly valuable for us. And this guiding question that's up on the bottom of this screen follows the pattern that we have been following throughout this series where we ask one guiding question. When has God given me opportunities this past week? And then that second line is customized to this week. When has God given me opportunities this past week to practice self-control in my relationships with others? Now that's not a question that you have to answer out loud either. But there is a relationship between this question How has God given me opportunities this past week to practice self-control in my relationships with others? And the question that I asked you previously, where is your current level of peace or chaos? Somehow these things are joined together and related and inform each other. And so God, we come to you this morning praying for your help in discerning these things. 
to figure out how these things fit together conceptually, but then also how they fit into our own realities, in our, in our mental models, in our way of living life. God, we need your help. We need you to continue to transform our lives with your love and your grace so that we can be a people who communally and individually transform this world with your grace and with your love. So we are coming to you this morning with trust and with confidence that you'll do just that in this time together. In Christ's name, amen. So in Colossians chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, we find these words. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to... What's that word there? You guys already said it once. One person knows it. What is it? Peace. Paul says you're called to peace. You're not called to being right. You're not called to having all the answers. You're not called to taking a political stand. You're not called to boycotting this or that. You are not called to arguing. You are not called to a particular version of the Bible. You are not called to anything other, according to Paul in this passage, than what? Peace. On a scale of one to five, where's your peace? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be what? Thankful. That's one of our values here at Sunrise, to be a thankful people. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. There's a picture here, a painting that was done by Andre Rublev in about 1410. That says 14,010 is when that was done. That is not correct. <laughs> this is from the future. I have strong connections. This is actually a Russian piece of art. A piece that historians, artists look at and say is the best piece of art that has come out of Russia. It's called the Trinity. It's an interesting image because here in this picture there's a whole lot going on. These three people who are sitting here at this table are showing us two different groups of three at the exact same time. This is a picture, on the one hand, of Abraham with two angelic guests who came to eat with him. If you remember that story back in Genesis, Abraham is visited under the trees of Mamre, overlooking the land, and the angels come and they bless him and they give him a promise. You can see here above the individuals who are there, top left, you've got what looks like a house. Let me see if I can point these out to you here. I've got a cool little thing here I think I can use. Up there. Did that work? <laughs> All right, so you got like a building there. This represents the house that Abraham was living in. Over here, you've got this tree, tree of Mamre, a place where they sat under the shade. And then you've got over here, you can't see it very well, can't discern it very well, but it's a mountain. You see kind of that drift that goes off to the side there? Looks like the hat of a gnome, which people have told me I strangely look like, but we'll not talk about that. But at the very same time, this image you see is not called Abraham with the two guests. It's called the Trinity. And the reason why is because Andre believed that this best showed the relationship between what we call the Trinity, that is the three persons of the Godhead who exist as one being. Now, if you don't fully understand that as I say it, that's okay. No one throughout history has fully understood it, and I will not be able to explain it to you in a succinct way that makes sense. However, if we look at this picture through the lens of this being the Trinity, on the left there, what we have is a picture of God the Father who comes from the heaven above, the home to which all of us belong. And sitting next to him is the son who gave himself on a tree for us. 
You can see here the artist subtly shows the overlap of their two wings, showing the close relationship between an eternally begotten son and his father. And if you continue there to the right, you've got, I'll put that line back there, the Holy Spirit. And the interpretive stance that people take as they look at this picture is that none of us can ascend the hill of the Lord, just as the psalmist says, without the power and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And this picture is one that has become so powerful throughout history that people have looked at and said is the most important, the best piece of art that's come out of Russia, not just because of those reasons, but because of the looks on the faces of those who are in this picture. On a scale of one to five, what would you say is their level of peace? There's no fighting over food. There are no iPhones out distracting them. They're sitting there as three beings who are equal. An important part of the picture that I couldn't fit on here because of the dimensions of the screen is the point that all of their feet rest at the same level. They are equal beings. And yet at the very same time, they are unique. They maintain their own personhood, and yet at the exact same time, they are one being, completely unified, supporting to, submitting to each other. It's a beautiful picture, right? I mean, if we were to take a picture of our dining room tables, it would look a lot like this, right? Children sitting there just looking at each other, not fighting over the food, no iPhones, no sense of chaos, just peace. This is a picture that has captivated the hearts and the eyes and the minds of fans of art for centuries. Because there's so much here, not just in terms of the truth that we as followers of Jesus claim to cling to for ourselves, but also so much of what we long for ourselves, a sense of unity, a sense of peace. A sense of individuality that still somehow nestles itself nicely into the context of community that is for and with each other. And I think that Paul, as he writes this letter to followers of Jesus who lived in Colossae, had something like this in mind as he closed this letter to them. Where he took the time to tell them, let the peace of Christ Rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. He says nearly the exact same words as he closes his letter to people who lived in Philippi and wanted to follow Jesus well. There's something important in these words that he wrote them to the Colossians. He wrote them to the Philippians, and yet we still have them so that they are applicable for us today. On a scale of one to five, where is your peace? Paul's invitation here is very simple. Allow the peace that Christ gives to rule in your hearts. There's not a question here in Paul's mind of whether or not peace comes from God. God is a God of peace. He is a God of love. He is a God of mercy. He is a God of joy, of compassion. He is a God of peace. That exists. The question for us is, will we let that rule in our hearts? We should do this because our identity is being members of one body of Christ. We're all members of one group of people saying that we're following this unified God. And then he adds to it, be thankful. <laughs> These are really simple things, right? In a world where we've got war happening in Ukraine, we've got saber rattling happening in Korea, we've got politics in the United States that are trying to divide not just our country, but our churches and our homes. We're simply offered the words by Paul, let the peace of Christ dwell in your hearts. And be thankful. 
Boy, if that was on Facebook, there'd be a lot of thumbs up on that one, wouldn't there? It's super simple. But you and I both know that simple isn't easy. Just try driving down the highway at 70 miles an hour. How is this even done? I don't know what your number is on a scale of one to five when it comes to where is your level of peace, but I would be willing to bet that not many of you are over here dancing with unicorns on rainbows. Now we're somewhere there in the middle or on the low end of the scale because I think that's part of just the human experience. And I think it's okay for that to be the reality. I think these words don't make much sense to us if we're going to, in a plastic or phony way, say that we're over here on the four or five, where there's just peace everywhere. I'm swimming in it. These words only become valuable for us if we can acknowledge the reality that we live in a world that needs peace. That we live in a world where we need help being thankful. And Paul says this to us indirectly, but clearly in these words. That this is the kind of space that we inhabit for now. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. And here's how we get, we already, we already read through how it is that we do this. You already participated with us in how it is we're supposed to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts and how we are supposed to be thankful according to Paul. But I'll remind you of it here by reading it again. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Singing. Singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Well, that's not hard. <laughs> Paul, come on, dude. Like, we, we're subscribing to your email here. You sent us a letter. We're expecting something that's really deep. You're telling us that we should let the peace of Christ dwell in our hearts, that we should be thankful. All right, give us the goods. How do we do this? By singing. Really? Well, think about it. <laughs> think about some of the songs that we, we sing together as a church. Think about the songs that the people of God have sung throughout time. In Philippians 2, we find a song, and I don't have it here to put on the screen for you, but we have a song that tells us about this Jesus who comes from heaven and how it is he humbles himself for us. Now, as I read these words to you, I don't know the tune that people would have sung along with these lyrics. But these are words of a hymn that were written and that Paul shared with the people of Philippi, perhaps also would have shared with the people of Colossae, and is shared to us so that we could see and saturate our anchor of life in this place of peace. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Follower of Jesus, that right there is just a very simple statement that helps us figure out how we should be using our own privilege. And yet if I stand up here and mention that we should not consider equality with God or some kind of good relationship with God something to be used to our own advantage, I get emails for it. And so do other pastors and small group leaders. Because the point of the songs, according to Paul, is what? Let me get back here. To teach and admonish us. There's something in the words of songs, if we pay attention to them, should inform us and inspire us to live differently, to live lives that are living squared to the realities that God calls us to live. And it is songs somehow that get past our defenses and help us live rightly. How many of you, when you were in third grade singing Amazing Grace, knew the depth of those words? But you turn 33 and all of a sudden, 
you understand what the words are saying. And if you take the time to understand what is there, you see how those words teach and admonish you to live a life saturated with God's grace because you don't deserve grace. Rather than living as someone who needs to establish what looks right and wrong in this world. We'll continue with Philippians. So we, we, re- we read already, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And it's at this point our minds either say, yeah, this is the path I want to follow and I think this is going to bring me toward peace. Or we say, deuces, I got other things I need to do. And it's a simple song. But we make ourselves nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, like Jesus did. Paul goes on with this hymn that he's sharing with us. He didn't write it, we don't know this for sure, but I don't think he wrote this. I think he's sharing a song that existed in the community of those who followed Jesus. He continues in verse 8 saying, And being found in appearance as a man, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross. He gave himself up to be humiliated, to have his life, his desires, his power, his privilege, his protection, everything that he owned, he gave up to the point of being unjustly killed. Follower of Jesus, is that a path of life that you will also decide to follow? Yes or no is what this song is saying. This song is trying to teach us that it is Jesus' identity, it is his way of life that we should be pursuing. And that is exactly why prior to these verses here in Colossians, Paul says, don't live according to the way of the world. Don't live the way the people who killed Jesus lived. Instead, find your joy, your peace, your thankfulness anchored in a Jesus who lived like one who humbled himself to the point of death. And as a result, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." What Paul is saying as he shares that hymn is what he's saying in these verses here, that we can find the peace of Christ and let it rule in our hearts. We can be thankful by letting the message, the life, the way that Jesus lived dwell among us. And so we sing... Songs. A lot of people, (laughs) it's funny when you put out a church survey, whether it's here or in any church, you get feedback that says something like, we need to sing a whole lot more songs, or we need to sing a lot fewer songs. (laughs) The pastor needs to talk a lot more, or the pastor needs to talk a lot less, and we don't really know for sure why it is we sing songs. In churches. A lot of times it's because, well, you know, it's just kind of how we fill time. We've done it for a long time, and that's just what we do. What else are we going to do to help fill the time? We don't want the pastor talking for an hour. I think it's because of what Paul says. There's a long history of there being power in songs. We sing songs to help teach and remind ourselves, admonish ourselves of the goodness and peace that comes from God. Think about the song that we just sang. There's a grace when the heart is under fire. There's another way when the walls are closing in. When your peace number is a one or a two and it feels like chaos is taking over every part of your life. And when I look at the space between where I used to be and where I am right now, I know I won't be alone. Because there used to be, back in the story of Daniel, when he and his friends were thrown into a furnace and there was a fire that would have consumed them, there was someone else in that fire with them. 
And because the God of heaven, who we are reminding ourselves of by singing this story, was there with them then. There was another in the fire. There was another in the waters holding back the sea. This is the story of Moses. Then we can know right now that there's another in our own metaphorical fires. In the chaos of our lives, we follow a God who is with us, offering to bring us not a wagging finger of judgment, but a path forward through the chaos that offers and brings us to a place of peace. And so if that is the case, if we follow a God who is a God of peace, who brings peace, and we can allow His peace to rule in our hearts, how do we best do that? According to Paul, who's closing a letter, it's pretty important to followers of Jesus. He says you've got to sing. You've got to let those songs that you have been singing get deep inside of your heart. You've got to listen to the words that are there and let them descend to the space in your life that feels chaotic right now. Because as we do that, there is a way for God's peace to come with us and to buoy us through the chaos of life. Now, I showed you this picture at the beginning. Yes, like I said, this is a picture of the Trinity. I think this is also a picture of what the ideal church looks like. A people who are uniquely different. They have their own giftings individually, their own perspectives on life, their own idea of what the perfect stake looks like or what the political world should look like. And yet when they come together and when they operate individually, they are a people who are able to submit to one another, anchored in the peace of Christ that rules in their hearts and smooths over all of the rough patches of life. So it should not matter inside of the church what your view is on gun control or on immigration or on health care or on what the January 6th committee should or should not find or what should or should not happen or who is or is not a legitimate president at any time in the United States because we are not a people who are called to be those who are right, but we are called as members of one body, to be a people of peace. And so if we can allow the peace of Christ to rule our hearts by simply singing songs, could that be a path forward to Sunrise Ministries being a place that submits peacefully not just to each other, but offers a transforming love and grace that looks and sounds and walks like peace to the world around us. I think this is the invitation of Paul in Colossians chapter 3. That we would be a people who sing songs with gratitude in our hearts so that we would be thankful so that the peace of God that feels like it is off out there somewhere could come into our own spaces of life and we could build our lives on that peace. Let me close with this prayer. God, you are a God of mercy, compassion, and love of all human beings. And it is to you that we give glory. With the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and forevermore, to the ages of ages. Amen. We're going to close this service like we always do, with a song.
1 to 5, where is your peace? I want you to think about that. And I want you to think about the song, the words that are there that you are about to sing. And I want all of you to sing loudly because there is something to us singing that teaches and admonishes the people around us to let the peace of Christ dwell in our hearts. So I don't care if you have a terrible voice. Come sit next to me. Because I need you. You need the people in this room to help teach you and admonish you to let the peace of Christ dwell in your hearts. Paul says we can do that by singing. So let's sing.
person at peace in this picture and the others are miserable. Not one person gathering peace for themselves and demanding it from the people around them. There is peace in this picture for everyone who is involved. The tricky thing about peace and love is you can't just give it to yourself. You have to get it from people giving it to you. And so may we embody the person, the message, the love of Jesus himself who gave up his privilege to offer and bring peace to those around him. You have two opportunities to do that very specifically this morning. Number one, stick around and talk with people. Maybe the peace that someone needs in their life is going to be communicated by just having somebody to hear their story a little bit. Option number two. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how we want to sponsor kids in Niger. Kids who are looking for peace, who are looking for a way to live a life and see and celebrate the goodness of God expressed through his people. We need five more kids sponsored. That's it, five more. If we as Sunrise can sponsor five more kids, we'll be excited, we'll be ecstatic. That will help us reach in partnership with other churches here stateside, a goal that they have for 40 kids in 40 days to be supported by folks here at home. So stop by the table right here in the lobby. Aaron will be there talk with her more about that. Sunrise, you are loved. We have a God who offers a peace 
that is available to us if we can just simply let it rule in our hearts. A simple way to do that is by singing. So as you go into this week, let the songs of God come off of your lips. Let them echo in the chamber of your mind so that the peace of God can dwell in your hearts and drive you toward thankfulness. Sunrise, you are loved. On the way out, if you came planning to give, there is a bucket where you can give an offering. You can also do that electronically. Scan the QR code in the seats in front of you, and you can do that. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you.